0: Welcome to the M Sisters podcast. You're here today with your host, Anna, and I'd like to continue our tribute to the month of Halloween with another spooky talk. And today we have our very first guest on the podcast, and please, everyone, welcome Yumna. So Yay. first, let me give you a brief introduction of our guest. She's very special. So Yomna Mo is an artist and a super creative, kind, and charismatic soul. She's an architect undergrad and masters of visual design. She's currently working as content creator and marketer. She's truly an artist, that's all I can say. Yumna was born in Egypt, but she spent most of her life in Oman. And I think she can tell us a lot about some spooky stories that she grew up with. So although we came from a very different background, Destiny brought us together here in Korea. So we met while we were sharing a dorm and studying Korean language. And I remember I saw Yomna talking about tarot while I was walking down the corridor and I think that was the moment we bonded. So welcome to the Sisters podcast, Yumna. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Of course. So do you want to say something else to our listeners about who you are, what you're doing, just so they get you know I, a bit better?
1: Yeah, of course. Hi, everyone. I am, as Anna said, I am Yumna, and I'm so happy that your introduction was so heartwarming. Thank you so much. And yes, I think um, creativity and spirituality, a lot of um, tarot as well, like a lot of things have um, got us together because I feel like we connect on that aspect, And we had a lot of conversations in the hallways of our dorm late at night. (laughs) So I'm so happy to be with you on the podcast today. And especially that it's the Halloween month,
0: Right. Because Yumna is the witchy friend. So we had to invite her. (laughs) So let me ask you first. How do you feel about Halloween? Do you like it? (laughs) I love it. I wait for Halloween
1: every year. It's like the whenever October starts, I'm already planning what am I going to dress up as in Halloween. But apart from that, just the whole month of October, I am trying to change up my fashion, maybe my makeup style. I'm trying to experiment. So for me, it's more of another creative outlet, another way of expression that I would love uh, to try out mm-hmm. and going into different Moods and especially with Halloween being spooky, so going into these dark themes is very interesting for me.
0: Yeah, I agree. I totally enjoy this season. Right? It's like very special, there's something different in the air. And you guys are not seeing, but Yuna, she's great with makeup, so she does like those amazing cat eyes. And I can totally see you doing something <laughs> amazing for this Halloween as well. Totally, totally you read
1: my mind
0: it is so talking about that since I said you were born in Egypt but you grew up in Oman I'm pretty sure things are celebrated in a different way and even if they're celebrated at all so can you tell us a little bit if you do those things during this time of the year over there if not Mm -hmm. if there is any regional folklore or local stories that also kind of relate to the spooky side Right. Um, So first of all, I don't think there is any equivalent to
1: Halloween in our folklore or tradition. But of course, with time changing, everyone is globalized, everyone is connected through the internet. Halloween itself just became a part of the modern culture in Egypt and Oman. So even though it's not celebrated on a national level, like you wouldn't find like the whole country or the whole society or a community just gathering up and celebrating Halloween. But yet for me, for example, when I was in middle school or high school, so we would have a Halloween event Mm. and that would basically be like, okay, we had uniforms in school. So a lot of the schools would give you like a free pass on Halloween. Like, okay, now you can dress up with a different color Mm -hmm. or you can change up maybe your cardigan or your shoes and you can just pick and choose a little, and maybe you can even paint your nails because some schools wouldn't allow you to paint your nails or grow your nails long. So it'd be like, okay, for Halloween, you can just try it out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And even like in between classes, they would have these little games or little events that they would do. So in my class, for example, I remember that we would, each class would leave like a little bucket at the door, as in... Trick or treat. So if I like someone in that class, or I like that class for any reason, or I have a friend in that class, then I would just go and drop them some sweets or some snacks. And after class, they can just get out and be like, oh my God, like someone gave me some sweets. So Um, that was really cute. (laughs) That's really sweet indeed. (laughs) Right. And also they would do things like, so we would have eight classes or eight lessons per day but they would give you maybe one class as a free hour so you can do whatever you want and some classes what they would do is they want to have an interactive activity with other classes or other years they don't want to just interact within themselves so they would um, create like a horror house Mm -hmm. in their classroom and be like okay give us a ticket and that and you pay for the ticket, right? But like, it's something super cheap. <laughs> and yeah, so basically you just pay for a ticket. That's in a way the class is raising money for whatever upcoming event they are gonna have or mm-hmm. or maybe they want to buy something for their class. They wanna buy a board or whatever and then they can have that money for it. And it's organized by the head teacher of the class. So you would buy the ticket and enter the classroom, and supposedly they have organized an event, like a horror Mm. house. So that year, where the horror house was planned, I couldn't, I, for some reason, didn't, wasn't able to go. And it was so sad, I was like, oh, it was the one event I wanted to, like, participate in. I participated in a lot of other activities with other classes, but I couldn't get it within the hour to just get to the horror house but a lot of my friends did and they were telling me how they dressed up as ghosts or they had like blackout curtains in the classroom Mm. and they would pull at your feet (laughs) oh my gosh that's scary (laughs) right it's like someone just touches your foot while you're walking in (laughs) so I think it is incorporated in the culture in a sense Mm -hmm. but it's more of a modern way so maybe millennials gen z the younger generation that has been exposed to halloween a lot through movies or Mm -hmm. songs and so on have made it their own to make events out of it
0: Mm -hmm. and do you remember like a costume you wore that you really liked
1: i've always been fascinated by witchcraft and Mm -hmm. witches So I would always, um, you know how in Egypt and in Oman, a lot of people wear a headscarf. Yeah. Yeah. So I would always try to stylize a headscarf in a way that looks. So for example, in my school, if you would wear a headscarf, it has to be white. Mm -hmm. So if you don't wear a headscarf, that's fine. But if you wear one, it has to be white to match with the uniform. Okay. So on Halloween, I would go for black and I'd be so happy about it. And I would get my like black cardigan or like just a longer one. So it looks like a little cape.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I'd style my scarf and put like a lot of golden pins on the side. So it has that kind of connotation. Also, um, in North Africa, a lot of people back in the day would have tattoos on their chin or yes. right above their eyebrows. And that was seen as very, um, how can I say that? Like, okay,
0: it's it's very
1: attractive. It's like, yeah, it's it's very attractive, but in modern society, people don't do that anymore. mm -hmm. So, we would get just like an eyeliner pencil and we would do these things just for the Halloween event. um, It must be
0: beautiful. So, that's
1: I loved it so much. That was like my go to. Mm -hmm. And till today, honestly, I'm always trying to stylize different types of witches and yeah it's it's still a point that I can get over honestly,
0: yeah, I mean, you can give it your own touch because witches are all over the world, they don't need to be the western style, right, so yes, exactly, mhm-. I love to see that you gave your own tattoo were a child, you know, like even though you had to follow the rules, you're like, no, I'm going full Gothic in black this day. (laughs) Exactly. Yes.
1: And also it was the early 2000s. So a lot of um, Gothic styles were in style at the time. So I felt like I'm already like in style. I'm in fashion right now. (laughs) I'm cool. Okay. (laughs) Yes. I'm I'm amongst the cool kids.
0: (laughs) I love it. And, like, you told me before that there is a lot of different kind of superstitions around where you live. Yes. So can you share with us a little bit of those stories? Yes. So,
1: like, as I said earlier, we don't have a lot of celebrations when it comes to spooky Mm -hmm. stuff. But if, if we start with Egypt, for example, if we go all the way back through history, like, in ancient Egypt, ancient Egyptians really believed in resurrection and really believed in life after death. So part of that spirituality and part of uh the fact that they believed that their soul is still there, it's still among us. It it never like fades away or goes mm-hmm. away. The and the body needs to be preserved for that soul to come back. So a lot of a lot of the stories when it comes to like the pharaoh curses and so on is based on that, based on the fact that spirits live among us. Mm-hmm. So I think um, with Egypt specifically, like these spirit stories, or you might also say it's spooky because when it's a curse, it's of course something scary. Um, they are there for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And I guess that it kept affecting the folklore, no matter how uh, the religious beliefs have changed, the culture has changed, modernism and all of that. But still, I feel it's a strong part of the culture and folklore. Mm -hmm. So even though some people wouldn't necessarily believe in these things, they wouldn't be as brave Mm -hmm. to go and experience it or experiment it on their own. Because it has this very strong um, basis in the mm-hmm. culture, you know? Like, you've heard these stories ever since you were so young. And everyone, you know, knows these stories. So, in a sense, you feel like it has this much credibility. Yeah. And I cannot go against it, right?
0: It feels almost so, well, no, like I... religious, you know? Like, this depth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, almost it wonder- becomes a belief, in a sense. Mm-hmm about like the curses what kind of curses are those so one of the main curses
1: that everyone um is really scared of is when you disturb the a king's or a queen's sleep Mm -hmm. so when you go into a tomb and you're not being careful and you're being disrespectful to all the artifacts or to because when you when they um Maintain the bodies, mummified the bodies, they would have the body on its own and they would have the little vessels that contain all the other organs that need to be mummified in a different way. Mm. So if you're not careful with these, if you move them, if you do anything that disturbs this ritual where they put everything in place for that king to come back, uh, then the main curse is that this king will rage upon you and Mm -hmm. will take your life, basically. Wow. So um that is that is um represented in a lot of western movies in the sense of these little scarabs or like the little um insects oh, yeah. would come and basically in like eat the person yeah. in a sense and i am not uh that well diverse in history but i don't think that's that was uh the main idea or the main Um, meaning behind the scarab because the scarab was mainly a protector Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so it wasn't more it wasn't a violent symbolism uh, related to the scarab but maybe that's how some people interpreted the curse taking place
0: that because
1: the scarab is protecting the king once you disturb the king they will avenge the king maybe so that is one of the stories but if we go into more modern Egypt then um, we have this story that is super, super popular. And you would see it in in novels, even in movies. It makes its appearance here and there. And it's called Mm Al-Naddeha, which means the woman who calls. And it's um, basically about a spirit um, or a jinn, like a supernatural being uh, of a woman that lives around water bodies. So be it a lake, be it a river, um, it's areas that are mainly water and she lives there. She lives mm-hmm. around there. And it's said that after dark, people shouldn't go around there and she shouldn't sit around a lake or a river because she might call upon you. And if she calls upon you, then she has put her curse on you and you cannot just run away from her wow she has totally gained control over your mind and how that happens is she appears as this very beautiful very serene very calm uh, woman who would maybe need help or maybe want a conversation or want a friend and she would call on you and the moment you've seen her you are just fascinated by her beauty fascinated by her way of speech by how she laughs how she smiles and from that moment on you basically lose all senses of the real world and you follow her into the body of water that she lives mm. in yeah and,
0: and she like kind of captivates everyone it doesn't matter if it's men or women um a lot of stories talk
1: about her captivating mostly men mhm uh but there is no story that would say so I I would hear people being cautious of going around the bo- like a body of water, be be it a woman or a man. So even women are cautious from going there because she might call on me. You never know. Mm-hmm. So but most of the captivation stories are of men that have been captivated and never have been found again.
0: Well that's fascinating, you know, because right? that reminds me actually in Brazil um someone used to tell a story that was kind of similar but it's like a woman in a lake and she would like wow kind of draw you in and she's also like very beautiful and she used to wear like white clothes like a white dress and and I was thinking about as well like if you think about bodies of water there are also stories about sirens and mermaids that call you in to the water and Thinking a bit more abstractly as well, like water represents emotions, the feminine. So it kind of makes a lot of sense that those stories right.
1: And I also, I'm not sure where, the, where I heard it or where it originates from, but I was also talking to one of my friends about bodies of water and how a lot of mythology just revolves around that. And they were telling me about how um, water bodies in their belief or in their culture uh, is thought to be that it captures spirits.
0: Mm.
1: So a spirit cannot escape a body of water. It can f- like, roam freely on earth. But the moment, let's say there is a spirit attached to you, for example, and you just pass a body of water, then that spirit has been entrapped in that lake or in that body, and then they cannot reach out to you anymore. Wow. But I really need to remember where that story originates from. But it's very fascinating mm-hmm. because water seems to have a very strong meaning when it comes to spirits in yeah. a lot of cultures.
0: And even like thinking like in for Catholic people, for example, they have holy water. Mm-hmm. So like when yes, you see right. like those demons movie and people trying to do exorcisms, they like throw holy water and in the demon, like yes, to, get out of the bomb. and it's also
1: also in in islam it's always thought as the evil power the demons are creatures of fire right oh, yeah so their
0: opposite is water so things like that are very interesting indeed very very interesting i see right? it's very <laughs> nice how everything is interconnected in some way and like humans seem to think in a similar way yeah
1: even throughout our differences and throughout time, you know?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like baptism also uses water and all those religious things. Oh. And right. It's quite interesting. If our listeners know where the story comes from that Yumna just told us, let us know. Please let what us know. Past- Please remind me. <laughs> We're super curious <laughs> now. And mm-hmm. I was wondering like have you ever had a psychic experience or like a ghost supernatural one yourself? <laughs> I yes. know the answer.
1: I did. I'm <laughs> sure I told you before. <laughs> yes, I did. And oh, going back to that, I would like to uh let you know about one more um traditional folklore stories of let's say ghosts or spirits in yeah, Oman. Sure. and because it will interconnect with one sighting or let's say experience mm-hmm. I had so in Oman the idea of jinn which is again a very a supernatural being um is very strong so mostly everyone believes in the existence of jinn right so jinn are not necessarily bad so they're thought of as spirits or beings that we cannot see Yet they can be good or bad. They have the autonomy of choice. Like they they have, they're, they're like humans. They mm-hmm. can choose whether to be good or bad, whether uh, to do harm or not. So they're just like communities of creatures that we cannot see, but they act and their needs and everything they do is very similar to humans. And that's the common belief.
0: And you're a community. I, not, I didn't know that part. Like, are oh, really? together?
1: Yes, yes. They are exactly like humans. Uh, the only different thing is uh, because it's also, it's the jinn as creatures are embedded in Arabian mythology as well as Islam. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it has its own historical background as well as religious background. So it's a very strong belief
0: mm-hmm. in
1: the community. And yeah, so you know that jinn are exactly like us. So there is a little bit of fear because, again, it's the fear of the unknown. You cannot see them and you don't know if they're good or bad. Just like humans, you really don't know who the like the intentions of the person in front of you. So it's the same idea. But in Oman, in certain areas or certain cities, it's believed that jinn inhabit these areas. More. So, for example, there is uh, this city called the city of Bahla, which is a super beautiful area. And it has one of the oldest, like, citadels or forts of Oman. And it is beautiful. And since I majored in architecture in my undergrad, it was essential for us to see one of the oldest forts and how it was built and the genius behind the architecture. So, we went there as a like as a school trip altogether, and with our professors and everything, and we were just looking around, we were divided into groups. We we're trying to do some sketches of the area and trying to also map out all the little landmarks of the city. So when we go back, we gain a better understanding of the planning behind it so We're going on with that mentality. I know, of course, being someone who's lived in Oman for 20 plus years, I know that Bahla is known to be an area that has a lot of jinn. For me, I was never raised to really fear jinn because I thought of them, they're just creatures that I can't see. They Mm -hmm. can be good or bad. As long as I'm not being disrespectful, then I shouldn't be scared, right? Mm -hmm. And they're also believed to be inhabiting areas that humans don't inhabit. So if it is, let's say it's an area that humans deserted a long time ago, probably they're living there. Or it's an area people usually don't live in, like cemeteries, or let's say it's a bigger um area of, it's a more of a desert or like a mountain area. So these areas humans don't live in, so probably some gen lives there. mm mm-hmm. Uh, And we were around the fort and it's fort and a lot of uh, greenery around it. I'm thinking this is one of the busier hotspots of the city. Probably we will not have any sightings or experiences here. I'm going in with that mentality yet. So I'm walking around the green areas because the shade and it's really, it feels good. The little breeze. And... Given that it's a farm or like an area with a lot of green, the trails where people can walk are very small. So I was walking with two other girls of my, like two of my friends. And so we are exactly, the three of us are walking by the width of the trail. Like there is no area for someone else like to pass us and come ahead of us unless they walk through the like greenery. Mm -hmm. And that's not something very common. And so we were walking and I feel like a presence behind me. I look back and I see an elderly woman wearing very bright, bright colors. And I'm like, oh, that's very nice. You know, like her sense of fashion is cute. Like she has hot pink with a lot of gold embroidery on her dress. And I'm like, wow, like I wish I can be her. Mm-hmm. I wish I has the, I have the courage to wear her dress. So I paid a lot of attention to her because she was wearing very colorful um outfit but that being said I looked back she's there okay guys and then we just continued speaking with each other we're trying to map out little things on our papers and just a moment after that I just look up and I find that woman who was behind us ahead of us what And I'm like she had to like push me to get ahead of me on the trail Like there is no other, she actually had to go down the trail, go into the greenery, which was pretty high, like into the grass and all the vegetation and then come up the trail again. I would have seen all of this happening had it happened, but it didn't just in a moment, she's ahead of me. And I look at my friends and I look at her and we're like, your friends also saw the wind. Yes because they're like how did she get here mm-hmm. First of all the distance and with her age it just seemed impossible that she would just suddenly teleport yeah. to that distance it it felt like she would take way longer for her to just pass this distance and we just looked at each other and we we're like okay shall we find another trail to go through because it looks like we're we're disturbing something here mm-hmm. <laughs> And we eventually decided to take another trail back oh, to the wow. fort. Yeah, so that was one of my experiences there. It was even morning; like it wasn't after dark. So I was like, "Wow,
0: that's interesting!" Like, and right? she didn't because usually I think like those different experiences. I don't know if it's a ghost, if it's a genie, if it's something that you don't see usually is more discreet you know because they don't want to be seen but she was like in hot pink and gold (laughs) right I
1: think she I don't think that she wanted to harm anyone Mm -hmm. I think she might have been just trolling and she wanted some attention she wanted to look good and because she she wasn't harmful at all like when she was behind us she had like some distance between us and her and she when she was ahead of us as well she had some distance like it didn't feel like she is invading our personal Mm -hmm. space
0: so I feel that she's I would also change trails for sure (laughs) I I just didn't
1: want to be disrespecting or or maybe invading on someone's space so Mm -hmm. I'm like okay maybe maybe we need to take another trail because we're visiting and we don't know who lives here
0: and what is so, the name again of those beings jin jin as in
1: as in j i n n yes jin
0: yes okay and i was thinking like because some people say that we live in this reality like or 3d reality physical materiality and we have different dimensions So people say, for example, the fairies, the fakes, like gnomes, all those things, they live, like, in the fifth dimension. And if you go a bit further, it's, like, spirit. and But, like, we're all coexisting. But, like, some of us are able to see or experience those higher dimensions Mm -hmm. because, like, we also have a spirit. I believe so. Yes. I don't know if you see it in that way because, like, you said the jinx, they are invisible for some people, right? Right. Maybe not for all of them. And I don't know if this is the same concept of living in kind of a parallel reality Mm -hmm. with us humans. So in the mythology, when you look
1: at it, some people believe or some uh, people would write that jinn can actually take the form of living creatures that are metaphysical, that you can see. Mm -hmm. So they can shape themselves into animals that we know of or they can shape themselves into humans. I don't necessarily know or believe, I don't have a stance on it because I don't know. I don't know if they can do that or not. I have never been in contact with a jinn to a point where I'm like, they can confirm or deny these allegations, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they can do so, but I totally believe because we have our soul and we have our body, and they are two different entities. Mm -hmm. And I feel that living our life through this physical world, sometimes we just forget about our soul or our spirit, and we forget about its needs, and we forget to nurture it. And I think that's why maybe a lot of these higher uh, realms or dimensions we cannot really be in touch with, but some people who are very in touch with their soul can see it or can be in touch with and I think that's beautiful
0: I agree beautifully said right and I think we can develop that if you're interested in getting into the spiritual part of yourself I totally think we can expand what we can see what we can experience I know a lot of people are Mm -hmm. scared so they don't really want to go beyond what's like the material world but for those who but I think there's so much beauty as well it's not like scary it's like expanding right. our capacity of understanding, of loving, of experiencing different things in general. Yeah. And I
1: think fear is reasonable. Like, It ev- comes from evolution. We were always scared of the unknown. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's ahead of us. Um, our ancestors were always scared that in the dark some predator might come yeah we don't know what kind we don't know what kind of danger is ahead of us so we're always cautious of what we don't know Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I think that's where a lot of people's fear come from they just don't know but had Mm -hmm. they maybe the the courage for one instance to maybe try it out try to experience try to be in touch with their soul there is so much beauty in it more than the fear or more than the spooky and scary.
0: Mm -hmm. I think think it's legal even so. It's reasonable. Like as much as there's good things, there's also bad things. So like we need to be a bit cautious about what we're getting ourselves into. And I think like this whole Halloween season can tell us a lot about that because like the horror stories that exist, like I feel some of those are real because we can see like even Mm -hmm. human beings, you know, people do horrible stuff. So I think in the same way you can do great stuff, you can do horrible things as well. So in the spiritual world, it must not be that different. So be careful. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why I find it very beautiful that
1: jinn are not necessarily a bad entity or a good entity. It's everyone has their choice to choose what to do with their lives. And that's beautiful, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why also um, magic or dark magic, black magic, it would be called, is a very strong belief back home in Egypt and in Oman. And what people think that is, it's called dark because it's not necessarily doing any good. So you're trying to cause harm Mm -hmm. for the person you're putting that curse on or that magic on. And it is thought that people who perform these kind of rituals use gin, but the bad ones, the ones who have the ability and they want to harm, they have that much rage or anger or hatred, and they would use them to apply the curse on humans.
0: I see that. That makes a lot of sense because like, even if you think about like spirits, sometimes it's, there are vengeful spirits or... Those who didn't live in a good way and died suddenly, they have anger in all those things. I I do think yes. some people can channel like channel this energy to do harm.
1: And I think so. I think even while we're alive, I feel like this energy of anger, hatred, like this darkness. I feel that can definitely be channeled because your soul is here, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's around you. It's it's in you. And it will definitely affect those who are in your immediate circle.
0: Right. So
1: even if right. you don't take action upon it, just that energy it totally affects everyone.
0: It's like energy vampires. And yes, exactly. Right. And also like- it just
1: sucks all the energy off of you.
0: And I saw one healer that she does like energy cleansing for people. Mm-hmm. And they say that when they are removing bad energy from someone, sometimes they can even see like swords on people's back or things like that. It's kind of backstabbing, but it's like sometimes when I asked her, because like my research was about holistic healing and they say that sometimes when you have a negative thought about someone, even if it's like short, you're already sending negative negative energy to that person. And sometimes it's like people are so used to thinking bad stuff instead of just like the positive that even non-intentionally they are harming other people with their negativity
1: oh my god now that you're that you're talking about that you're reminding me of another very deep-rooted belief of um jealousy that it's it's uh, a part of the culture in egypt and oman so we think and we would call it A bad eye or not necessarily an evil eye, Mm. but a bad one. So that person doesn't necessarily wish you evil or wish like a disaster to come upon you. But they just look at you and, oh my God, she looks so radiant today. She looks so good and I'm not feeling that good. Why are they feeling this way and I'm not? Just that thought, that negative thought can affect me. and can cause me to lose my radiance can cause me to fall sick and we call it a bad eye that's Mm -hmm. why there is also caution and there are a lot of um parts of the culture that tells you that you shouldn't talk about all the good that you have in your life don't always brag about the good that you have in your life keep it close keep it within your circle talk about things when they've already been manifested and they're stable out there don't talk about it when it's still shaky Yeah. because they think when it's shaky any evil eye or any bad eye can just bring it all down
0: I do believe in that like protect your energy, protect your projects and when they yes. work like the world will see it anyways right But and there is this uh, what would you call a subtam
1: like uh, a saying? Yeah, yeah like there is a saying uh, in Arabic and it's used a lot in Egypt um that says you have to cover your candles for them to shine. How do you say that in your native language okay sounds nice <laughs> so it's, and and it holds a lot of meaning it's yeah. because it's a candle, It's not like, it's not the sun. It's not a huge source of light. It's a little candle. So you need to protect it. You need to cover it and just keep it close to you so it can shine later on. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Otherwise, the flame can just be blown out at the first instance. So that kind of um, belief is very strong. And that is why you would see a lot of people also having, you would see it a lot in Turkey as well. A blue eye. So a blue eye. So the blue eye has a very strong symbolic meaning because it's thought that blue eyes are very beautiful. They're very fascinating. They're very captivating. So maybe you're talking about how great your life is, but then you're wearing this blue eye necklace and people would be captivated by the blue eye and they might get distracted from what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And thus they cannot channel that negative energy to you. So in we a sense know. it's protecting you.
0: Yeah, I always knew like the the blue eyes like for protection, but I didn't know how it worked or, you know, but now yeah. thank you for explaining. <laughs> of course. I have, have a lot of blue eyes. Yeah, we have this saying we, some people use it in Brazil as well. I think it became kind of popular mm-hmm. culture. And yes. In Brazil, instead of saying evil eye, we say the the literal translation is fat eye. That is like when people are also <gasps> anxious of you. How would you say it in Portuguese? It's like gordo. we call it. Oh. So gordo. Like, yes, it's like that. Oh, session. okay. This is because of a fat eye.
1: You know, it's like the evil eye. I get it. It's like they have so much greed. So that is just yeah. being translated into fat, as in they want more
0: and more, more and more. Yeah.
1: yeah. Exactly. That's very interesting. It's also very interesting to see how that translates symbolically into our language and into the
0: signs that we use. True. I think there's a lot of wisdom in popular sayings because they've been around for longer than us and will stay much longer. Exactly. And they, they are a collective of all
1: of these people, like from our ancestors' experiences. So, of course, it holds so much meaning more than the experiences of one person's life
0: hmm hmm Well, I think I wanted to thank you for sharing with us a lot of your experiences. Thank you. And so many great like stories and popular sayings, and I think we just yeah. learned so much about your culture, about Egypt, about Oman. And I hope thank this enlighten everyone a bit about other cultures more than the Western that we're so used to. And we can right. still incorporate whatever you come from, like Brazil or Oman in Egypt, whatever you are. Do tell yes. us a little bit about your own story and what, if you have a different folklore, I would love to hear that. And I wanted to ask Yumna if you want to see her, because probably you're just listening to us. So if you want to see <laughs> who she is, she's a gorgeous girl. Maybe you can share with us Thank your you. social media or something where they can find you. Yes. So I am mostly active on
1: Instagram and I share my daily life here in Korea. I share my experience studying and as well, just like working as a designer. And um, that is Yomna Ashraf. That is my Instagram handle. So it's Y-O-M-N-A-A-S-H-R-A-F. And I would love to hear, again, all the stories. I would love to hear everyone's experience. And I would love to add to that, just knowing all of our ancestors' protective measures and if someone would get to know all of that and would apply all of these different cultural uh, measures, that would be amazing, wouldn't it?
0: Yes, for sure. Right? Right. Thank you for pouring so much wisdom and we're going to write in the show notes her Instagram so you can go check her Thank out you. and she also has a, an art page that she didn't mention right but it's beautiful. <laughs> she is really talented. Go check her out. Please. I
1: Yes I will attach my art page on my main page and I promise I will be active once I graduate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
0: you so much Yamna. It was a pleasure to have you you here with
1: us i had so much fun thank you so much
0: thank you so much for listening everyone don't forget to subscribe to the channel and also you can leave us a review on the podcast and you can find more things on our website as well samsisters.com so see you next week bye-bye bye-bye